Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 20 of the Pandemic Professors podcast. I'm Kelly Bolding. And I'm Carol Pardon. And we're here to talk about all things academic during a global pandemic. Obviously, we're taking the virus very seriously, but we feel like you sort of have to laugh along the way because we've been in this now for months um, and we're going into our second semester as pandemic professors. So we need to keep a little levity in the conversation. So who do we have as our guest today? Well, Kelly, <laughs> speaking of levity, who are the who are the two funniest guests we've ever had on the <laughs> podcast? And that would be you and me. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Moskowitz was up there with the bearded yeah, <laughs> Right, right. And and your husband, I still say, is pretty darn funny. <laughs> but right. So today we just wanted to talk about sort of being back on campus and what it's like here going into a semester expecting the craziness as opposed to sort of having the middle of the semester disrupted. So I believe you taught your first class yesterday. How, how did it go? I did. Oh, I can, I can hardly believe that I'm even able to move today. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, you said we had warning for this. We prepared for this. I had known that this was going to happen for months. Um, I thought I was prepared and Lord have mercy, I was not. So this first class is my advertising ethics class. There's about 50 people in the class. I am teaching it in person, um, synchronously live streamed and asynchronous online. Wow. Simultaneously. (laughs) So Wow. The technology for that, it's traumatic. I had no idea. Mm. I thought I was ready for all of that. And it was exhausting Um, to say nothing about trying to lecture with a mask on. I think about 30 minutes into it, I thought, okay, I'm now about to hyperventilate, but we kept going. And I've got to say the students, um, this was their first class too, because it's an 8.30 a.m. class, first day of class, um, that they were um were an agreeable bunch and a number of them told me either before class or after class they were just relieved that they had at least one class to go to live wow so that's an nutshell (laughs) so did you feel like you had to you were in a large lecture room with 20 students but did you feel like you had to yell to yes. be heard is that that was the high yes. well the yelling and when okay. you're breathing out on your mask and it's kind of coming back to slap you in right. the face it's I mean I'm sure you know as much of it is psychological <laughs> as anything else but um yeah so to set the scene and, and you've seen this room you have taught this, in this room with 150 students um right. so now we've got you know 25 or so in there Um, spread out all over. There's big X's on all the seats where they can't see, can't sit. So when they walk in, it looks like there's nowhere for them to sit. Um, It, you know, it's just such a strange experience. This class is supposed to be very discussion oriented. And so, you know, when I typically ask questions, I want to walk toward the student, but then I'm like, oh, how close should I get? And how far away from the mic should I get? And do the students who are listening online, can they hear the question? You know, it's just so many things that you have to think of that you normally don't think of. I was surprised 
surprised how difficult I found the whole situation. And I've been teaching for over a quarter century. Um, <laughs> so were you carrying a mic with you? What no. Mic so I just had, you know, the mic that would um, on the podium that would catch everything. And when I, and when I listened to the recording, I was oh. surprised or pleasantly surprised that okay. the sound did carry pretty well. So I mean, a note okay. to self, you don't have to scream your full <laughs> <laughs> wow! yeah it was something and Man, yeah the visual of the mask slapping you <laughs> I cannot get, I can't get that out of my head that's it's oh it's so funny and I have um you know a variety of different masks now at this point that I've accumulated so I have these adorable masks yeah. that my daughter has sewn who's you know she's like Aww. the craftiest person in the world and right. and they're great but they have ties which have benefits because it doesn't make your ears sore but I find that yeah. my hair gets tangled up in them so I can put them uh. on but I can't easily take them off without you know all of a sudden I my hair is all crazy so that doesn't work for the classroom and then I have the spandex version that we got at the university (laughs) which is fine if you don't mind wearing a girdle on your face um, thankfully I'm I'm an honors fellow faculty member and they sent over some honors college um, mask and that one is the most comfortable of the bunch so I'm like okay I am I am um, touting the honors fellow faculty mantra this semester just because I can wear the mask (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's that's so odd I haven't thought about it until you just started describing all the different kinds of masks we have the exact same thing here we got masks all over our kitchen counter and it's oh I like these or not these or I'm going to be outside so I want to wear this one or I'm going to the grocery store so this one stays on my nose better right and I mean what kind of a world are we in where we have (laughs) you know, multiple different styles of masks. Right. And the masks have now become a fashion <laughs> statement, right? <laughs> like, oh, that's a that's good look insane. for you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I find myself, Gosh, that's I find crazy. myself saying to people like, oh, that's a cute mask. <laughs> 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 but now your class, this was an 830 yes. class. Yes. And so the students were there. They were there. And I was kind of surprised. Most of them were actually early. And so I don't know if, you know, wow. they were... Um, also stressed out about the situation, if they were just happy to be there, if, you know, um, who knows, you know, I I probably already know half of these students. This is a senior level course geared toward advertising students. And so I've had many of them in account planning and it was just lovely, I would say, to see their faces, but no, it was lovely to see their eyes. (laughs) Yeah. But wow. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's, I, I would guess that students are are just hungry for it. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to know. I mean, my, my feeling after that one day of class was, hmm, in person might not be all it's cracked up to be. And mm. maybe, you know, cause what I was thinking of, all right, we're in this big cavernous room face to face with our faces covered. Is that mm. more personal than a big old Zoom classroom where I can see everybody's right. face. I don't know. So all right. of that sort of surprised me as well. So. Yeah. I mean, I think some students need face-to-face. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I found out last semester is, 
everybody's not cut out to right, learn online. Right, right. But the okay. question is, are you face-to-face when you're mask-to-mask? <laughs> you know, it's, right. Because then you just have this shield. And I found it was, um, you know, like the students talked in shorter sentences. Um, and, you know, oh, just wow. the whole thing was, I was surprised at how, you know, kind of not normal it is to, to yeah. talk in, with a group of people in masks. So, you know, I thought I would know that yeah. because I've spent since March wearing a mask, right? But, but right. also realize that we haven't actually spent all that much time with a bunch of people. And so, you know, it's probably the combination. <laughs> you're back on campus, you're seeing all these people, everybody's masked up. I mean, it, just the whole thing was so bizarre. So, you know, I didn't want to start drinking wine at eight in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was on campus earlier this week to return, you know, seven library books that were due in March. (laughs) And um, I was surprised. It felt like a ghost town. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't see a lot of students walking around and I mean, it was, it was shut down. Yes. Yes. But, um, I saw you yesterday. Would you did yesterday yeah. still have the ghost town feeling to you? Especially in the J yeah, school. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, first day of classes and there weren't students, you know, sitting around in the lounge true, areas. True. No students on the stairs. Yeah. Um, I literally the only students I ran into were in the lobby area. I mean, I walked I had to go clean off my desk and you know, walking around, there are no students in any of the classrooms very few faculty there. Um, it did, it did a little bit feel like it was still summer vacation. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. So for, you know, for me, since I split my time between Columbia and the beach, one thing that sort of this pandemic has done, and since we've moved our lives online, um, I, I yeah. find that I'm sort of in the Monday through Friday day-to-day experiences for the school that I used to be able to sort of not pay attention to Uh, some things on days that I was down at the beach but now it's like it it really literally does not matter if I'm at the beach or in my office um so but I was so so happy to be in my office this week I've got to say just to sit and look at my books and Um, look outside and, and most importantly to back up my computer <laughs> had not been backed up since March 6th. <laughs> that made the IT people so happy. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Well, Kelly, what about you? So, you know, it was sort of your first day of school too. I mean, your, your kids have gone back to school. We'll talk about that in a, a minute, but yeah. you came back to campus this week and um, you were on campus. I saw you yesterday on the first day of classes and you are a University of South Carolina affiliate person now. So, <laughs> yeah. right, you're not teaching any classes and you're not, um, you don't have a teaching assistantship with any faculty. I know you're still working right. with faculty and students, but what, what did that feel like to you? It felt surreal. Um, I mean, I tried to explain it to Chris. I tried to explain it to Denitra when I, t- I met with her on Tuesday and it was so hard to explain because I have a lot of research on my plate for the fall and I am yes. super pumped about it. So I was on campus um, for a couple of big reasons. And one was to talk to Dr. Moskowitz about the book publishing process. And okay. I am like so excited about that. And, um, so, and so we can pause there and just say for the um, thousands of book publishers out there, <laughs> 
who like, are looking for a really innovative um, <laughs> scholarly book that is in the works, they need to contact you. Um, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So I am, I'm pretty stoked about that. And so I've got, you know, as an affiliate, I've got access to the library. Thank you for that. And um, that makes me very happy. Yeah. So um, I can access the journals. I can, I can request books that I need, you know, things of that nature. And I am pumped about the research that I'm working on this fall. Um, Yeah. So some, you know, projects like the book project, that's going to be a longer length situation. Yeah. So, so just to um, reiterate the, difference of life for people right now so you are pumped about your research you've got this long list of things that you can be working on and one thing that hit me yesterday after just um just the one in-person ethics class in-person asynchronous and synchronous online class i walked out of that classroom into my office and said that's it my research career is over i am never going to have time this semester to to do anything other than prepare for these classes and and that that. um, actually kind of traumatized me (laughs) yeah I can I can totally anyway continue on with your um, fantastic research agenda (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I was excited about that Um, Dr. Moskowitz definitely gave me a lot of insight into the book publishing process um, I've got some really cool um, manuscripts from AEJ that I worked on with other people that were, you know, looking to submit to journals. And so I've probably got, you know, four or five things that I'm working on this yeah, fall. Um, and so I'm really excited about that. What I will say is, you know, I'll, I'll be back on campus Tuesday to go into the archives at the Caroliniana. And um, it's one person allowed in the archive room. At wow. Time. To make so, an appointment and get in a yes oh, wow yeah a queue basically yeah so my appointment is on Tuesday next week at 10 a.m. Um, and they're pulling boxes for me they um, they've moved a lot of stuff digitally and they asked if I had specific folders in the boxes that I needed they were more than willing to scan them oh, and send them to me instead of having me come yeah. in. Uh, that doesn't work for me because I'm I'm sort of in a situation there where I don't know what I need until I see right, it. Right, right. Um, and I told them that you know I'm looking through correspondence and letters and things of that nature, hoping to find something that would yeah. help make a case that I'm working okay. on. And um, and so they were super supportive of that. But it's clear that especially in the archives, they are discouraging in-person <laughs> archive viewing. Yeah, which that's that's um, tough. The library same way like when I went in he wanted me to put my books in the book drop um he was behind a plastic you know bubble essentially and when I said I really want to talk to somebody because these books are about eight months overdue um he pointed me to a computer screen where there was a man's face (laughs) and said okay you can sit down at that desk and talk to somebody Mm um and I ended up finding another girl in a bubble that I could talk to. <laughs> and she told me, she said, you know, we're not charging any late fees. Just put them in the drop and you can leave. Um, but there's no, there's no hanging out in the yeah. library. I mean, it's scan in, scan out. What are you here for? What do you yeah. And so that's really um, interesting because, you know, that sort of as libraries have 
re-evolved over the years um, with the increase of technology accessibility, right? They've become, they've yeah. become kind of this intellectual hangout place. And yeah. that's sad, right? Yeah, no, we're huge fans of our little local library here. It's a small library, literally right across the street from our house. But we can request books from any library that's part of the SC Lens Consortium in the state. Well, that's that's not happening anymore, right? They're not transferring books between libraries. And our little library is undergoing renovations. I have no idea how they're they're funding that. But so, you know, anyway, we're not. We're not borrowing books from libraries right now. We're not going in to use a public computer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're huge readers right. in our family. Right. So I mean, me and my daughter know the librarians at our little library by name. Oh. Um, and so when me and my youngest daughter go in there, you know, they're asking how she's doing in school. How'd you like the last book that you read? I mean, we're big library. Yeah. People. Um, and we haven't been since February. Oh, isn't that sad? <laughs> It is. I mean, it really is. So she's gotten into a new series um, called the Wings of Fire series. And I can get them on Amazon for like six bucks each. She didn't even realize that I wasn't picking them up at the library. (laughs) (laughs) Like they just show up on the counter. We've got a system. New books are on the counter. You read it after you've read it. You return it to the kitchen counter and mom goes back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) It's the whole system. And um, she didn't even realize that I was ordering them from Amazon. Um, And then she was like, I feel so bad. And I said, baby, they're $6 each. Okay, we can do that. I can swing the $6 for your, for a book that you're excited to read. I will swing the $6. (laughs) But yeah, libraries are such a big part of our life. And And they're a big part of the university life, even if, um, you know, we joke, my husband will joke with me that I didn't actually discover the library at my undergraduate college until I was about it, I guess, well into my junior year when I started dating him. (laughs) And and this was before (laughs) technology. So I'm like, oh, this is where people go. But, um, But I have also come to love the library and spent a lot of time in the library as a graduate student and so on. Um, but I think, yeah. you know, I think libraries on, you know, everywhere, um, my experience is mostly at the university level, is they really have um, reinvented themselves and they are a central focus of the university. And so that makes me think, yeah. you know, there's just an example of how much things have changed. I wonder, oh, yeah. I wonder if the students who decided to come back to campus um, understood how different it was going to be. Because I wonder if the faculty um, who yeah. decided to teach at least partially in person understood how different it would be. I mean, I wonder if I understood that as well. What do you, what do you think about that? You know, I, I did. Yeah. I mean, when I walked into the library, I was legitimately shocked. And when I go back on Tuesday to visit the Caroliniana, um, the the guy that's running the Carolina will have to come down, get me from the plastic bubble <laughs> and escort me up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I did not realize how locked down it yeah, would be. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love Thomas yeah. Cooper, uh, South Carolina. Now I know plenty of undergraduates who have never yeah, even been yeah, in, yeah. Um, but I love yeah. it. And it was always sort of a bustle of yeah. activity, especially when they added the, uh, the Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but I loved the study rooms. I would regularly reserve a study room um, just to be in, you know, peace and quiet. The grad suite I found very overwhelming. Yeah. And, um, you know, as an introvert, for a fierce introvert, I wanted peace and quiet. Um, there's a meme that I've seen online that I love. It says, libraries were a great start. We need more places where people can yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and again, so you know, awesome. want our millions of listeners to understand, <laughs> Kelly actually is an introvert. I know it's hard for them to believe. <laughs> people never believe that. Yeah, me too. Me too. I am an introvert. <laughs> I won't get um, but yeah, so I, I loved the library. I loved the graduate, um, area in the library because nobody talked in there yeah. really. Um, and if I would go in and people would be talking, I would just turn around yeah, and leave. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's, that's but, interesting because we're both talking to how we love quiet. We love the no talking and all that yeah. now. So you would <laughs> think that we could then easily make the adjustment. You say, well, well, then how different really is a lockdown? You know, and I think that's what, in my mind, I was thinking like, you know, I like to be reading by myself. I like to be sitting on the couch by myself. I like to be at the beach house by myself. But I think part of it is when you know that you can reconnect with society, that's what makes it work. And when you can't reconnect in the way you want to, that's when things are hard. And I think just... For me, it's just it was yeah. way harder on campus than I expected it to be. Yeah. Now, yeah, and for me too, it's you know, yes, I do like to be at home by myself, but in a forced lockdown, you're not actually by yourself yeah. Um, yeah. when yeah, you've got you know kids and a husband. Now, I mean, Chris knows me well enough, right? So he's he knows that I need the recharge time, and if I'm sitting in, I have an office, and he has an office, so it's a we have you know just a regular size four bedroom house it's not a mansion but we knew immediately we need to carve out our own spaces so that we have a space where we can retreat um and i will go into my office if the doors are closed he is the only person allowed in and and he knows and i'm surprised that you let him (laughs) in honestly (laughs) no he's always welcome but it's he he just he gets me in a way that most people don't and he he and i can sit on the couch in silence and he understands that that doesn't mean I'm mad at him you know so he gets me in that way but um you know with kids at home it's now I'm in my quiet place and I feel um invaded which just makes me angry (laughs) (laughs) so you don't need me you're capable of feeding yourself like my children are middle school you're capable of feeding yourself you're capable of washing yourself I I am not a necessity in your life (laughs) you can't survive without me I need for you not to come in my office again unless there is blood gushing out of your neck (laughs) like unless there is a limb literally falling off do not come in my office. And then literally 20 minutes later, I'm thinking about having a sandwich for lunch. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Is it a sandwich of a bloody arm? Do not come in my office. Like what part of that do you not get? So I'm wondering if I can adopt some of that language for my students, right? (laughs) Yes. I mean, I think you should like put a sign on your door. Like, is it an emergency? Does it meet one of these three things? If not, <laughs> please schedule alive. a Zoom. Right. But, you know, but here's <laughs> the thing. I mean, we're laughing about this, but, and I don't fault the university about this. Um, and I can totally understand how we've gotten to this place. So to this, I, and this idea 
um, of trying to assure students, convince students, I think, and I would say, and their parents, that we are a caring and compassionate place and we want you back and it's going to be great and we're there for you. And I get all that, especially in light of this pandemic. And in fact, I just watched a little um, online um, commercial that the university created and has has a lot of my um, colleague friends in it. That's the, the yeah. premise is we miss you students. We want you back. We can't wait to see you. It's lovely. It's so sweet, <laughs> but, yeah. but please don't touch us. <laughs> it's, this is exhausting. And I, I just want to yes. say um, unexpectedly exhausting. Like I think that video was made before the first day of classes <laughs> and, yeah. and I've seen now, you know, yeah. on, online different faculty responding to things like I went to my classroom it was locked I didn't know what to do no one was around for a key um so just the logistics the logistics in a pandemic things that we used to be able to handle without even skipping a beat everything is harder now and that is exhausting Yeah, I mean, I will say campus does have a totally different energy when students are there, and it's amazing. I do love seeing students on campus, seeing them talking in the hallway, sitting on the couches and all of that, Um, and teaching in a classroom, especially like the large lecture classroom with 135 students is very life-giving well, to me. Right, right. And they're feeding off of each other. And you, you know, yes, when there's a, it's right, awesome. when there's 130 people, if you say something funny, the chances that someone is going to laugh. Someone will laugh, high, right? right? Yeah. Yes. Cause at least 10% are listening. And if, you know, one or two, of That's right. laugh, it's great, but you know, they are still students. Yes. And so they're not just on campus, right? Right. So they are, you know, going off of campus to eat and to do other things um, in a state where masks are not mandatory. Yes. Right. And so the governor has not made masks mandatory in the state. And so um, they may be mandatory on campus, but they're not mandatory one mile. Well, they are mandatory in Columbia. Um, Well, yes. So the mayor did um, did enact that and so okay right that's and, great yes and so that. I yeah. did notice since I've been up in Paducah all summer um coming back to Columbia I did notice this feeling of it's it is normal to wear a mask around you know great um, that's excellent everywhere. Yeah, it's not in my hometown yeah 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 I, I'm not in Columbia and that is not the case and so there are places we won't yeah. go yeah um but yeah, it's, uh, it's, insane. Yeah, and I'm not saying everyone in Columbia but, um, goes by the rules, but it did have a different feeling than when I was there um, or listening to, well, yeah, we came back in June when we were selling our house and, and that was quite intimidating. So that was before the mask mandate because we'd go um, down to five points where the college students yes. ha- would hang out and this is school's not in session and there would be right. just, a gazillion students down there, none of them wearing masks. And so yeah. I think a lot of that has changed. And and I am somewhat hopeful that South Carolina is yeah. going to be successful and will be able to um, remain um, in residence this semester. We'll see. You know, the other universities are dropping like flies. We'll see where we are next week. They yeah. are. I mean, what I saw on campus looked like a pretty solid yeah. plan. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, that doesn't mean, you know, there's not going to be an outbreak, but it, it looked like they had at least planned for it and they were working yeah, the plan. Yeah. So, I mean, my daughter's in a private school and a small, a very small private school and they've got a plan too. And they're working yeah. the plan and I feel really safe about yes. it. Um, she feels safe. I mean, middle schoolers are completely embracing the mask because it means they get to eat lunch with other middle yeah, schoolers there you go. Yeah. <laughs> instead of at home with mom yeah. and dad who are in their office. Well, I think the little kids, so, I mean, the little kids that I've observed around at you know, the grocery stores and places, I think they're kind of enjoying wearing the mask. They're feeling grown up and, you know, if they're with their parents and they're, they're, they're yeah, killing them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's the adults. Yes. Yeah. It. It's the adults. That's what we saw at Disney, too. The kids, the teenagers, I I don't see any of them, you know, you know, intentionally trying to avoid the rules. But you see adults thinking, well, who's going to who's going to enforce it and pulling it down below their chin? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Just put on a mask. I mean, you're halfway there, right? If it's that good. Just exactly. (laughs) It's around your ears. It's pulling on your ears. Put the mask over your nose. So yeah, I'm hopeful that South Carolina's got it under control. It looked like a solid yeah, plan. Yeah, I gotta I say I'm I'm fairly impressed so far. And what, even though there's been some mixed messages, which you know is understandable as everyone's been trying to figure this out. But there's been right. lots of virtual meetings all summer long, informing sort of what the process was going to be like, and and so on. And, you know, you might not know this, um, but again, for our millions of listeners, they might be interested in this. The university has developed a rapid um, saliva test and they're, and yeah. And so setting up stations right in the middle of campus and at least the messaging that's coming out now is that you can um, go get tested um, whenever and as often as you want. Um, And so I thought that was good. I mean, I've been tested, but it was, you know, you had to wait three days and, and right. it's a nice feeling um, knowing that if I feel like I've been compromised, I can go get um, a saliva test and, and get a quick read on that. So, yeah, no, I think that's phenomenal. And the, the reality is, right, that's being done on college campus yes. with, you know, 25,000, 30,000 yes. people. Um, Disney is now offering quick tests like that on property for all of their employees, but basically the way they could get the okay for it was technically it's for all Florida residents can come and get tested for free um, on Disney property. And so you see, you know, private organizations essentially being able to offer mass testing in large quantities and get quick results. Um, you feel like that's something that could be rolled out. Yeah, 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 (laughs) yes, I think so. Well, I think, you know, if the University of South Carolina can do that, given the budget crises that, um, the budget crises that we're facing and also being in a state that isn't necessarily um, the friendliest to higher education always um, or funds that um, South Carolina has made that a priority and I think yeah. that is a really good thing. So I'm, I'm feeling, you know, pretty good yeah. about um, the University of South Carolina right now um, as, you know, sort of in total as the big picture. I'm not yes. feeling good about <laughs> my um, in-person class experience and just projecting that out. So I have three classes this semester. Um, you know, I volunteered to teach a third class elective one hour class to you know, try to help out. That class has not started yet, so I can't even imagine what it's going to be like when I 
have to add that to the repertoire. Um, so yeah. that will start in a couple of weeks. But, you know, I've got this crazy three-way class um, going on and then an online only class and just trying to cajole students to actually start this right. class. So um, classes started yesterday. I will say when I checked the metrics, about half the students have done some work for the class. And so I, I guess okay. I can be encouraged about that, but it, it still, yeah. it takes a lot of time, a lot more time it to does. connect with students about all of that. So just the whole thing, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm enthusiastic yeah. about the university of South Carolina as a whole. I'm exhausted yeah. and a little traumatized about what it means for <laughs> my life individually. <laughs> But we can hope this is a semester situation, right? I'm so yes, hopeful yeah. that this is just this. Chris listens to um, the Stuff You Should Know podcast. And he listened to an episode a couple weeks ago with Bill Gates. And Bill Gates is sort of like right on the front lines of finding a vaccine. And then not just finding a vaccine, but financing it so that it's available worldwide. Yes, yes. Um, and Chris said, after listening to Bill Gates talk about it for 30 minutes, he is confident we're going to have a vaccine. We're going to have it in the next few months. And Bill Gates will make sure it goes out to not just the people who can afford it, but also the people who can't afford it and the people who have no access to yeah. medical care. So, yeah. So um, that's awesome. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, so that, that will give me hope. Of course, Bill Gates. Yes cannot help me in my class <laughs> he can't so, but if you only have to survive for three uh, months, only three months there you go only, only three, three months, months we can be doing research again I hope in January. So. I just don't know um, <laughs> I hope I'm going to be in Italy well you know, seriously. Um, with that it's again hard to believe we've hit our 30 minute um, limit so um, time goes fast when you know when when we have really interesting guests on the show, doesn't it, Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and modest. Mod yes, that's right, modest. Um, so we're introverts. We're <laughs> modest. We're funny. I mean, what more could our viewing listeners or listening audience <laughs> exactly. want to hear? And. Exactly. And so with that, that is the end of um, episode 20, if you can believe it, of Pandemic yes. Professors. And Kelly, it's always great to talk to you. And I will talk to you again next week. Absolutely. Good luck with week two of Thank classes. you. Thank you. Talk to you later. <laughs> bye. All right. Bye.